You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber, and you're listening to us on America's Web Radio. I'm super excited today. We have uh, back with us Inky Johnson. Uh, He's been on the show before. He's one of the most famous motivational speakers, and in my opinion, and actually most people's opinion, the greatest motivational speaker on the planet. I'm sure most of you out there have uh, heard of him, if not uh, followed him. Uh, He has been working a lot lately. It's been tough to get him on the schedule, and I feel more than blessed that you've been able to take some time out of your busy schedule, come out and spend some time with us on the Doctor's Lounge. Inky, welcome to the show. No, it's an honor, true honor and privilege, man. I enjoy uh, the time we spend. I enjoy just listening to you, learning from you. So thank you for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. I think about that learning from each other sort of thing. I think one of the important factors in being successful, and, and just so our listeners know, Inky and I are our friends. We work together on our Big Timers Foundation. He's got a new show that I wanted him to talk to us about called Serendipity, which is having uh, guests with motivational uh, speakers and stories behind to help uh, inspire people uh, in his normal speaking tour of uh, motivational speaking. Inky, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life. Tell us about the new show, and, and you got some other stuff going on. Yeah, so uh, we released Serendipity Podcast with Inky Johnson, and we have a lot of amazing guests. You know, you being one of the guests coming up here soon. But it's just about people's journeys because we see people at certain destinations. And I think even when I was a kid, I would see somebody. Like if I would have met you when I was a kid, I would have thought, man, he had to always want to be this or he had to always have aspirations to do this. But there's a journey behind that of opposition, of challenges, of successes, of failures. And it's just showing people the journey behind wherever you see a person. Like there's a quote that says, one of the greatest mistakes we make as people, we think where we meet people is where they've always been. And so that's mostly to show the journey behind everybody and where they've arrived at. So people can get a different look at people, you know, outside of their careers and professions, that when you meet people and you hear their perspective about life, it's pretty cool. And so that's the podcast aspect and still speaking and doing different things. Just released, you know, this narration with Tennessee football, similar to Hard Knocks. You know, they have a new staff there. And so getting some new energy and showing people behind the scenes there as well while we're working with the team. And so it's been exciting. And I can't think of anybody better to narrate a show called <laughs> Hard Knocks or focusing on Hard Knocks. Just so our listeners know, to bring you up to speed, Inky Johnson was going to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL. Was it 2006? Yep. 2006. And uh, in a game, he went into a routine tackle, mm-hmm. ended up uh, having a serious, serious injury, left him, almost killed you. Absolutely. And left him paralyzed in his left arm. And uh, we talk about... At a moment in your life when you just thought you had the world, Absolutely. you know, <clears throat> by the hair and that everything was in front of you, you had it all taken away just like that. Yeah. And because you're Inky Johnson, you managed to to figure it out and, <laughs> and have this career that really people who know you, I can't imagine you doing anything else. You were just literally God got up and made you to do what you do, and you're so amazing at it. And the reason I know that is because people who are accomplished, the people that we look at, the Cam Newtons of the world and stuff, they look at you, and they want to listen to what you have to say because it's so important. And you just have this way of distilling things, 
And I want to focus on today's show about generosity. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I think of generosity, I think of you. I mean, uh-huh. you're a famous guy. you got a lot going on. I'm a nobody with a nothing show. <laughs> and we call you. And you're like, man, I'll be right there. And I, I just, you know, I'm obviously tongue-in-cheek with that. But I really appreciate you taking the time and coming in and talking to our audience. Now, our audience is usually people we're talking about free market medicine. Mm-hmm. That's my passion. And I like to sort of tell people what's going on inside medicine and and sort of give them insight into why socialized medicine is not a good choice and free market medicine is better but really sort of an underlying theme to that is what makes us happy and successful in life and that's really what i think about is your area and you and i were just talking about before the show that a lot of people kind of will look at motivational speaking (laughs) as I want you to give me the tricks about how you avoid pain, <laughs> avoid hard work, are able to achieve maximum success mm-hmm. without any of the hassle. And we were both laughing about that. That, yeah. that doesn't happen. <laughs> we all go through that. We all Absolutely. spend time up in our room crying. We all spend yeah. time yelling at God, this isn't fair. Mm-hmm. But the difference between the people who are successful and the people who are not is the people who are excess- successful realize that uh, – crying about things is not going to fix it. You mm. need to just keep moving forward. You have to have faith. Yes, sir. You have to believe that God has a plan for mm. you. And I think one of the things that that people who do motivational speaking, which are usually people who have some level of success in life, understand is if you keep moving forward, if you keep working, the world will turn for you mm. in a positive way. Absolutely. And part of that process, in my opinion, and in my experience, has been generosity. Mm. I've heard other people, mentors of mine, talk about being generous. And, you know, being generous is what you can do for people who can do nothing for you. That's mm. true generosity. And I try to share that with my children. When you go through your life, just learn how to be generous. Mm. Being generous is the beginning. Yeah. If you're generous, if you work hard, if you, you know, extol the virtues mm. that... that that mankind or humankind has, I know we can't say mankind anymore, but, you know, that humankind um, has discovered over the over the, the millennia that make people successful, uh, it's going to be a better world for you and for the people around you. Why don't you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about that? No, it's, it's interesting and it's so true because, like, even with motivational speaking, you know, I kind of I kind of just look at myself like as a servant, but, you know, in the world, you know, I have the motivational speaker title and it's like you said people come up and they want life hacks you know give me the life hacks man like tell me how to do this and it's like (laughs) it's really not any life hacks like we all go through it it's like the quote that says you know we all have problems what makes us different is how we solve them and so we all encounter the opposition adversity and the challenges it's the perspective that we acquire about the journey when we're going through it and so even when i think about generosity you know, a word that comes to mind also is reciprocity. You know, it's like the quote, life's an echo. You get what you give. When you think about generosity, like I am the man that I am because of people that have been generous in my life in different ways. You know, most of the time when a person might think generosity, when we go out into the world, they're thinking it's attached to something, whether it be materialistic, superficial, whether it be a gift. But my generosity came through the form of when people saw things in me, I couldn't see it myself. And they pulled it out. When people challenged me, when people pushed me beyond my circumstances, when people saw me growing up on the east side of Atlanta in this two-bedroom home with 14 people and my family was full of dropouts, they weren't bad people. 
They just didn't finish, right? They all got to a certain point to where they capped out, tapped out, and was like, all right, I'm done. And here comes this little kid, ambitious, driven, talking goals, dreams, and aspirations, and people were generous enough to say, okay, you want to do it? Here's what it takes. I believe you have it. They never said, man, you got a family full of dropouts. Like, beat it, you know? And they could have very well said it, right? And I could have took it however I took it, but... I had people come into my life that saw things in me and they were generous enough with their time, with their belief, with their exchange of energy to say, hey, Inc., I think you got it. Now I'm going to push you and challenge you to get it out of you. And I think that shaped and molded me into the man that I am. And it's also impacted and affected the way that I live my life to where I go out into the world and I try to do the same thing. And so when I think generosity, I think reciprocity. And I think life is an echo. Every single day we get what we give. The spirit we give to life, that's the spirit that's going to come back to us. I think one of the things, too, that getting to know you and your cousin Block, uh, Big Block Spencer, three-time Grammy (laughs) Award-winning music producer, he and I struck up a friendship. He was friends of friends and Mm -hmm. eventually became a patient of mine. And then, (laughs) I I mean, he and I are like brothers now. And he and I couldn't be more different. You right. know, he grew up in the hood and you know, he always talks in his testimony about the first time he had his own bed was when he went to prison at 17. 17. And it wasn't until after that, that he was able to sort of turn his life around. And now he has this passion for middle school kids. He's always talking to me. That's because to him, that's when these kids make the decision Absolutely. to go one way or another. And so he's got me focused on it. And so I've been since I met him, which is you know a couple of years now. I wake up and I just start thinking about ways to make this world a better place. And so I reflect on my own life. And one of the things I think about in my life is average. Hmm. God's gift to me is I am an average person, hmm. but He gave me some opportunities to um, to take this average person hmm. and and have some accomplishments. So. You know, as an athlete, I was slow, but I was weak. Uh, I didn't have a lot of athletic ability, but I ended up being an All-American rugby player. And that's not that's not to, 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 to pat myself on the back, but just to say that God gave me some gifts, but not a lot. Hmm. But I made the most of them. And when I reflect on my life, I'm proud of that. You know, when I took the SATs, I got a 1080. Hmm. You know, not, not yeah. Harvard or uh, <laughs> Yale sort of uh, numbers, but it turns out I had a reading disability, and I always felt like an average person. And in order for me to be competitive that's the other thing god mm. gave me was i'm competitive yeah. uh, i knew that i had to give everything mm. when i was going to be at a practice i knew that i wasn't fast and when we were jogging i was running <laughs> because i wanted my jog to look like their jog yeah. and that was me having to give that extra effort and in school mm. you know i just was not gifted i was i had the reading disability and all that and i had to learn how to just give more work mm. harder and that was kind of the thing was hard work I read a book that's a, a book on economics. It's like the, the number one book by Adam Smith. It's, it's you know, 1700s when he wrote it. And I've been rereading it. It's a very long book, and it's very uh, it's a very important book on economics, and people reference it all the time. I read it a long time ago when I didn't know anything, hmm. and now I'm an older person with a lot more life experience, and I'm reading it again. And one of the things I pulled out of there was – Adam Smith talked about in the 1700s that there's not a lot of difference in human beings in terms of physical ability or mental capacity. Mm. What's different about human beings is their habits. Wow. And I thought to myself, man, that is – got to have him on the show. You know, that's, that's that is what we're talking about, right, is – 
you know, obviously there's a big difference between your athletic ability and my athletic ability, but in the real scheme of things and being successful in life, it's our habits that make us successful or not successful. It's what kind of effort do you put in? What kind of discipline do you have? We're going to talk a little bit about discipline later on in the show. And that's really what what the essence of motivational speaking is, right? Mm. It's the ability to give people the confidence Mm. to know that, hey, if you do these things, if you are disciplined, it's not that you won't go through tough times. It's that you'll go through tough times and you'll come out on the other side and you'll be pleasantly surprised about what you see and you don't know what the world has for you, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. That's what we talk about. You know, what what are your thoughts on that? No, that's incredible. You know, and it's like uh, when you hear, grow through what you go through, right? We all go through it, but it's how you go through it. And when you think about the process, like with my son, my son is nine years old. And so I'm one of the assistant coaches with their baseball team. And you always hear things from whether it be just people in the stands, supporters, whatever the case may be, when they're talking to the kids and they might say to them, hey, you got to work hard. Hey, you guys are not dedicated enough as a team. You guys need to do this. Right. If you guys want this result, you guys got to be committed and they'll just leave it there. Right. And I always think like, but what does that mean when you tell somebody work hard? What does it mean? When you tell somebody, hey, you got to be dedicated and committed, what does that mean? And so what I do is I'll go up behind them and say, hey, guys, do you know why this is so important? Do you know why it's important to work hard? Do you know why it's important to have good habits? Do you know why it's important to have a great routine, right? And they think it applies just to sports, and I try to tell them all the time, no, it's about the carryover. It's about what sports produce. It's about the mentality, the spirit, the routine, the habits that sports can produce. It's just a vehicle. Whatever we do is just a vehicle. Speaking, orthopedic surgeon, whatever we do, that's the vehicle. And I tell them all the time, my arm and my hand got paralyzed. My heart didn't. My work ethic didn't. My habits didn't. My routine didn't. My ethos, my essence, these were the things that I cultivated every single day through the vehicle of sports that when my sports career ended, I was able to extract and apply them to just everyday life to make me somewhat of a decent human being. Yeah, yeah. the understatement of the century. We were talking about that on the show last time, about you already had all the skills, all the tools, all the mechanics mm-hmm. of how to be successful when you were about to be a first-round NFL draft pick, and you just had to change direction. Absolutely. The outcome was predictable, mm. right? You already had the tools in place, and, okay. and you worked the plan. That's what my father used to say. Work, work the, the plan. plan keep like your that. head down. Work you know, just plan. don't quit. You know, yeah. and he'd look at – I'd That's be good. suffering. I'd be – you know, i look up, Dad, and he's like, don't quit. Mm. Keep moving forward, you know. And eventually it comes out – you come out on the other side, you know. But Absolutely. the next adverse situation is right around the corner. And yeah, the I older see. I get – the more I hit that adversity, the less anxiety I have. Because mm. I already like, all right, I'm just going through another thing. I'm going to just keep my head down and yeah. and work through it, you know. And that doesn't mean that I don't hurt, that I don't have anxiety, you know. It's just I've learned how to channel that better. And, yeah. you know, my kids are 14 and 12 now. We're having a lot of those yeah. conversations about the, the, the things that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're in the same boat with, you know, young kids <laughs> and trying to take the lessons that you've learned, the wisdom that you have, and how do I translate that in a way to make your journey easier? Absolutely. And I think that's what we're trying to do here is how do we take what we've learned, not just me, mm-hmm. but my experiences, your experiences, let's put our heads together and see if we can translate it for other people. Here are some tools that will help you make your journey. Absolutely. <clears throat> One of the things that I think is super important is generosity. And, and it, you know, the other thing I always have to 
let people understand when we start talking about this stuff is I am not on some you know, ivory tower telling you about how it is because I didn't make my mistakes. I still am a sinner. I'm absolutely. a flawed human being. I still have we problems. Are, uh, it's just I ha- I know a lot more about what to do. Mm. Not that I'm always the best example of doing it, but I do remember that my father told me when I was growing up all the time, and it's mo- probably the most important thing he ever said is, tough times don't test your character. They reveal your character. So true. And I was listening to Serendipity. You had y- your your friend Lavelle Moten, mm-hmm. who's uh, head football or sorry head basketball coach at NCCU. Yep. And uh, he talked about a close friend of his dying young. Mm-hmm. And how that motivated to do the things that he that he's done in life, and he says, uh, adversity introduces a man to himself. And I thought, wow, that sounds a lot like tough times don't test your character; they reveal it. Absolutely. And so, when I'm in a tough time, I try to say to myself, Scott, hmm. the world is watching. They're not watching, right? right? You know, the Absolutely. people are watching you. How do you want your character to be revealed? And it helps me make better decisions when I'm in the moment, you know, Mm -hmm. when I want to lash out, I want to cry, I want to scream, I want to, you know, do something that's not appropriate for the moment. I tell myself, how do you want your character to be revealed? And it really does help me more now Mm. than when I was younger, because I believe it. Mm. I've had enough experience that I don't have to trust it. I know it because I've experienced it. And one of the things I'll think about is in medical school, uh, it's very competitive. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just competing against your students. And in medical school, they do a lot of stuff to try and calm everybody down and and take the pressure off. And I always kind of felt like I don't need that. Mm. You know, I feel like I've been through stuff in life and I have it in me. To, to control that. But one of the things that used to happen is you get these old exams. So mm-hmm. you, you're in a class, you get these tests from five, ten years ago, and it's an advantage. Mm. So, you know, you're seeing old test questions that are going to help you for the upcoming tests and give you that edge over mm. your fellow students. And there were the people who, when they got those old exams, they'd hoard them for themselves. Mm. And then there were the people who would share them. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm really giving my competition an edge, but I would rather be revealed mm. as a generous person. So I would copy those tests and I'd walk around the library and I'd give everybody wow. a copy of it. And I remember at the time, it seems small now, but at the time it was a big deal. And I remember thinking to myself that there's been a lot of things that have happened since then mm. that have come back to reward me for that, that generosity that people will tell me about, hey, the reason I'm doing business with you, the reason that you know I trust you, the reason that uh, I'm including you is because that generosity you've demonstrated. And at the time I was being generous, mm. I didn't have the intention of getting something back from it, but you just do. Mm. And that's kind of the whole point. If you can just be generous, that's what I teach my kids. Yeah. The first thing in life when you wake up in the morning is – how am I going to be generous? And generosity is not when you do something for somebody who's going to do something for you back. Absolutely. Generosity is what you do to people or for people who can do nothing for you. Yeah, man. That's awesome. You know, because I think it, it builds and it cultivates a certain spirit that's so much more important than just the moment and the act of what you're doing. When you subscribe to a certain train of thought, I think it's beautiful because now it carries over into other areas and aspects of our lives. And when you speak on generosity, man, I think it's so vital and so important because we live life sometimes with such a transactional mentality. When we deal with people, whether it's in business or everyday life, if we do business a lot, we start looking at people just as a transaction, start looking at people as a spreadsheet, start looking at people as a number. I'll never forget watching two teachers go at it. And one of the teachers was talking about the kids, you know, social, emotional health. 
right? And he was talking with another teacher because the test scores wasn't where they wanted them to be. And he said, hey, man, sometimes the kid's spirit, the kid's mentality, the kid's perspective is more important than the Pythagorean theorem, right? <laughs> He's like, you're worried about freaking test score. I'm trying to send some confident kids out into the world. And so when you think about generosity from that perspective and that aspect, I think every single day if we walk around, I always challenge my friends, right? Guys that have been to the NFL, guys that are doing really well in life. I say, hey, man, like every day try to do one kind deed for somebody. Don't look for anything in return. Just when it hits you. Don't try to force it. If you're out at the grocery store, somebody's in front of you, you want to pay for their groceries. If you're at the gas station, something hits, wherever it hits you at, right? If you want to pick up trash somewhere, just do it in a genuine way to where it's not forced and you don't look for anything in return and just pay attention to how it makes you feel. And then I say, just build on that every single day. It's like with my son. One day we were leaving the dugout and I was like, hey, Ink, pick up that trash. And he's like, Dad, I picked up my trash. That's not mine, right? And I knew he had picked his up. I watched him, right? He was like, that's not mine. I was like, it's not about if that's yours or not. I'm trying to teach a certain spirit. And so if we were in it, dugout, just pick up the trash. I spoke to a team, college team once. Guys come in talking about greatness. I asked them a question. I always ask most athletes a question at the beginning of my presentation. Or I put the ball in their court and let them speak, right? And I'm standing outside of the room as they're coming in. You know, we pound each other up. And it's a Gatorade bottle in the floor. And I know they can see it because I can see it. And they're just stepping over it, stepping over it. And they go into the room. I ask them a question. They start talking about greatness. And I'm like, how can you guys be great? And you guys don't even care about your space enough to pick up a Gatorade bottle that's on the ground, even if you didn't do it. Right. It's the spirit. It's subscribing to a certain train of thought. And so when I think about generosity, it's not so much of always to act. It's the train of thought that we're trying to build that can carry over in the other areas and aspects of our life that can sustain us past our respective professions. Yeah, yeah I, I always talk about practicing being successful in life, mm. doing the mundane things in life. And yeah. we were talking before the show, the very famous graduation speech by Admiral McRaven that was based on his book about you start, he's a Navy SEAL. You know, he talked about all the lessons he learned going through Navy SEAL training. And he talks about the first thing I do in the morning is I make my bed. Incredible. That's why they do that. It's your first it's your first task of the day. It gives you a sense of accomplishment. It sends you. It sets you up for this fantastic day. You're already mm-hmm. in the habit of of doing a task and doing it well. Sure. You go through your day, and if things don't turn out well for you, at the very least, you get to come home to a made bed. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, that is really genius because yeah. my father used to teach me about that. Quitting is a habit. Mm. And a habit has to be practiced. Mm. And so my father used to say, you need to practice not quitting. And so when I go on my runs, you know, we were talking about this before. I get to the end of my run and you got that last hundred yards up the hill. And there's some days I'm just not feeling it. But I never quit. I always make that last hundred yards because if I quit at that, then I'll quit at the next thing and the Mm. next thing and the next thing. And so it's practicing not quitting. And another time I was noticing, it just happened to me the other day because I go through this process a lot. I'm at the supermarket and we go to take, I'm with my wife, we're going and doing a quick shop, it's late night. Mm. I go back to the car, we're loading up the car and I got the cart there and it's the middle of the night and there's nobody there and I'm at the far side of the parking lot (laughs) and I'm like, you know what? I could leave the cart here, but that would be quitting Mm. and that would not be generous to the person who's got to come out and get the cart and I wheeled it all the way in and into the guy, Mm. you know, who's in there cleaning the carts, you know, and all of that and I remember thinking to myself, 
wow, man, I'm proud of myself yeah, in a absolutely. small way. You know, I, that was a time I could have left a cart and probably nobody would have thought anything about it, absolutely. but I would have known. Yeah. And I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to quit there. And I just go through the whole process in my head. Like, it's not a big deal. It's not a big task, but it is going to set me up for the next big thing that I have. Hmm. And it's being generous Absolutely. and it's being, it's being on purpose and it's maintaining my habits. Yeah. And again, not that I'm this paragon of virtue no. without flaws, you know, I'm a sinner and I got hmm. my own issues and I'm, but I'm trying to constantly work through them. Absolutely. You know, with me, my thing is anger. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm not I'm not in good control, I should say, of my emotions. And yeah. that's sort of the thing. We were talking about this. I got a big staff now. And, <laughs> and we were talking about this whole concept of when we're young mm-hmm. and early in life, you know, you're really just worrying about yourself. You Absolutely. know, make sure I keep my, my life tight. I can't worry about people around me. I, I you know, I got to make sure I show up on time. I got to make mm-hmm. sure I give my effort. I got to do my homework. I, I got to be worrying about myself. And then somewhere along the line, you get to be a little you get a little bit of success whether it's mm. in athletics or school or whatever and next yeah. thing you know people are watching you it's not just about you yeah it's people are watching you even when you think you're off and then pretty <laughs> soon a lot of people are watching you in your life yeah. you know you walk down the street and everybody knows who you are and in, in my world you know I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of employees and patients and and people who know what I am and it t- takes a while to kind of realize Absolutely. you're never off never people people are always watching <laughs> yeah. you watching what you do and that's a lot of responsibility to not be able to to lose your mind and one of the things I have is Nobody ever wonders how I'm feeling. That's something nobody has ever said. Hey, I wonder how Scott's feeling today because I wear my emotions on my collar. And if mm. I'm, I am what I am. If I'm mad at you, yeah. you're going to know it. If I'm happy with you, you're going to know it. And for me, trying to be a more steady, mm. you know, not have these volatile ups and downs is kind of my cross to bear. Mm. It's and I've been dealing with this with my, for my whole life, and it mm. it has hurt me in a lot of ways. Yeah. My passion, people tell me, my father used to tell me, your passion is a blessing and a curse. Mm. And it made, it makes me laugh more now yeah. than them. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, kind of these habits, mm. we all have things that are our strengths and weaknesses, Absolutely. and we got to always be working on. What, do you, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, no, just hearing you speak, it's like the double-edged sword. Like I used to always tell my guys, and I've had to work on this personally. Like, it's like the things that earlier in life or at a certain time frame in life the things that serve us well you know and help us acquire a certain level of success or whatever the case may be whatever that skill set is for that time period that serves you well it's great right it's like when i grew up how i grew up i had certain skill sets i had a certain mentality i had a certain spirit i had to block a lot of stuff out right i just had to be numb to a lot of stuff in my environment because i saw i was exposed to a lot I saw people selling drugs. I saw people cooking drugs. I saw people going to prison. I saw the cops kicking in our front door, grabbing my grandfather out of his wheelchair, slamming him down, doing certain things because people were doing illegal things in my household. And so in order to be focused sometimes, I just had to be numb to a lot of stuff. I had to block a lot of stuff out. And it served me well. It got me to college, right? I'm doing my thing in college. I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm playing ball. I get out of college. Now I get a family. Now I start navigating through business. And I'm trying to figure this whole world out, right? I'm an extremely competitive person, right? I'm a extremely passionate person. I got a level of compassion, but I don't have much patience with people, right? I don't have a lot of patience. And so when it came to when somebody would do something that I thought was nonsense, I reverted back to what helped me get from my childhood to college. I would just block it out, ignore it, and move on about my life. I never really confronted people. 
I'll just really cut them off and just be like, all right, they know what they did. I'm out of here. Right. And I had to start learning how to process, confront things, navigate through it because it started to bleed over into different areas and aspects of my life. And I always tell people my wife has helped me communicate more than anything. Because I would try to use the same spirit. We would hit a confrontation and I'd just be like, I'm out of it. I can't, I can't talk about it, right? And I would try to leave or something like that and try to ride around the block. And she would be like, no, we're about to talk about this. And most people would think, man, this guy's a speaker. Sure enough, they hit a confrontation. They're going to talk about it. Well, me, when it was confrontation, I would just rather be like, all right, I'm out of here, man. I'll just come back when I cool off, you cool off, and we can just move on because that was the spirit that served me well when I was younger. And when my wife would say, no, we're going to talk about this right now, I would laugh, but it would help us get through the situation. But what it did was it turned me into a different father, different husband, different team member, different friend. And it's like the quote that says, every next level of our lives demand a new version of us. And so if we have to do certain things a certain type of way, it's almost as if we have to deconstruct a certain spirit, certain mentality, things that served us well in order to become somebody different. And it's like that quote that says, you can't be who you used to be while at the same same time trying to be who you're trying to become. And so every single day destructing certain things, trying to become a different person and trying to grow. It's a hard, tough task, but I think it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, one of the other things kind of along that vein is you, you, <clears throat> it's easy for us to get caught up in what's affecting us. You know, I, I'm always talking about I have to go to church every week because yeah. I have to re- be reminded routinely that this is not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about what God wants for you, which is usually not about you. It's about others. Absolutely. And I've gotten to this place in my life that I really am enjoying this stage of my life because my father used to talk about you don't keep score mm. with people. Mm. You do the right thing for people, period. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Once you start keeping score, that is not what God wants for you. You know, hey, listen, I did my 50% in a relationship. Now you need mm-hmm. to do your 50% back for me. That's got two things. It's not what God wants, mm-hmm. and it's not going to make you happy because people are always going to fall short in your eyes Absolutely. of giving 50%, just like you're going to fall short in their eyes of that 50%, so don't keep score. That's good. And that's really a good lesson for me because we all feel it. And that's not to say that I walk around going, hey, man, how come I'm on the one who's always doing that? You know what I mean? But I'll tell myself, okay, I'm having those feelings, Mm -hmm. but I know the right thing to do is not keep score. And and now I'm going to punish myself. Mm. I'm going to do even more than that. Mm. And so I start thinking to myself about generosity is is – just to always give and never expect anything mm. in return. And the irony is, when you kind of get to that stage, you get lots in return. Absolutely. And it's really kind of ironic to me, and I laugh about it. But uh, trying to live my life every day, wake up in the morning and give and give. And again, my wife probably, if she was sitting here, would have a different, you know, she'd be rolling her eyes a little bit. Oh, what is this story <laughs> oh, you're giving right, about giving? Are you kidding me? You know, she was busting <laughs> my chops about washing my dishes from <laughs> yeah. last night. But the point is, is that it's yeah. in my mind and I'm trying to work towards that goal. That's and that's kind of the thing. You never really achieve it, but you're always trying to work towards it. And the, the, some of the habits that we're mm-hmm. talking about, I go to church every week to refocus me. That it's sure. not about you, it's about what God wants for you. I go to Inky Johnson Motivate mm. because you give little short things on Instagram to give me a little bop, bop, bop. And this this is not me just doing this because Inky's on my show. I mean, this is something Inky's got a lot of – he basically spends his life 
figuring out people throughout all of eternity, wisdom that they said, and figuring out how to digest it. And if you ever get to know this man, he's constantly listening. That's what I love about you, too. You're not like this guy who walks in like, hey, I got all the answers. (laughs) You know, I get paid a lot of money to go speak. So I have you're you're always listening. And it's really funny to me. You try you want to know what other people have to say. And when you're around him a lot, he'll get little little um, little bells go off. The light goes (laughs) off in his head. and He thinks about another way to say something or another another aspect of Absolutely. motivating people to be successful in life and then he goes out there and does what he does which is articulate it better than everybody and then I go to serendipity I yes, watched sir. that because you have Cam Newton and, and all kinds of famous people successful people giving their story and it's great to hear the adversity that people went through and one of the things that really speaks to me is the commonality of it all mm-hmm. you know we, we were talking about me and Block being so different coming from so, different backgrounds but a lot of what makes us successful in life is the same Absolutely. You know, goal setting, hard work, generosity, accountability. Absolutely. And those are the things that I'm trying to teach to people. And then the one blessing of my job is when I'm feeling like I'm overwhelmed or that God is dealing me a bad hand, I, I see somebody who's, you know, man, that's tough. And mm-hmm. recently there's a person who's a, both a friend of mine and I work with him and he's got uh, cancer. And uh, he's been dealing with this for years and the ups and downs of I'm getting better, I'm getting worse, I'm getting better. So just recently he showed up to, uh, to, to a job that we had together. And, I mean, I looked at him and I was like, oh, my God, uh, you're going to die. And uh, he felt that was going to happen too. And he was breaking down and, and mm-hmm. he was crying, sharing with me his experiences. And I was sitting here like, man, in a second. I go from like I'm worried about all the things I'm worried about to nothing I'm worried about even remotely compares to what this guy's been going through for years now. And then thank God it turned out that it it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't as serious as we thought it was and and he's getting better and all that. But but it was you know, God put him in my life to say, Hey, stop whining about your trials and tribulations and wonder about others and let's get you back on the course of being generous and then the other thing that that um, happens as you get older and as you acquire success and 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 means Mm -hmm. is the ability to be more generous and that's where i'm at that's the favorite part of my journey right now is that i'm in a position where i really can be generous and I have always, throughout my entire career, I take care of athletes who come to my my practice, whether they can they have insurance or not. I just I was once a young athlete without health insurance, and you get little cuts and injuries and things like that. And uh, I'm I get a lot of joy about having these young people come up that are doing what they do, and so I get a lot of rugby players, and and now I sponsor some MMA fighters, and I really have gotten into the the MMA. Uh, thing and so MMA fighters know they come to Barber Orthopedics. We're going to take care of them regardless. Absolutely. So I'm out in Vegas with one of my fighters, uh, getting ready for a fight, and he invited me to be in his corner. And I'm, you know, we're we're basically quarantined for the week, so it's just me with three young guys in a in a hotel room, you know, waiting for fight night. And the one guy uh, got a cut or something, and he had heard. That we take care of people, whether they ha- they can they can pay or not. These athletes, and uh, but he didn't come, mm. and so I asked him like, "Hey, why don't you come? We you know we take care of you guys all the time." And he asked me, he goes, "What what do you want out of this?" Mm. And it made me laugh, and I was like, "I don't want anything out of this. <laughs> I just like young people like you that have a goal, and mm. I have the ability to offer you something to be generous. It doesn't really, it doesn't 
affect my life. Mm. I, I'm happy to do it and I want to do it. But it's it's funny to me that sometimes generosity sort of creates this skepticism in people because yeah. it's so unusual. You Absolutely. know what I mean? It's like, man, what's your angle? What are yeah. you trying to get out of this? And, and I find that a lot of times it's tough to convince people, like, I don't want anything out of this. Yeah. I'm just paying it forward. And you know more about paying it forward than anybody else. Why don't you share that story about when you went through those feelings of skepticism and people being generous towards you? No, that's so true because – and when you think about it, you're like, man, like people are just not used to people being nice or generous. People are just not used to it. And so if you just try to do something out of the blue that's generous for somebody, the average person's reaction is going to be, hey, man, what's the catch? Like what do you really want out of this? Why, Why are you trying to do this? Because people are just not used to that. And so even with me and speaking, it's been a lot of times to where I've done things, you know, or spoken for people or have done extra things. I'll never forget. I was in Pittsburgh and I spoke at this corporate event. And it was it was several different sessions that I spoke. And so it's time for me to go home. And, you know, I had to catch this flight because if I didn't get on this flight, like I wasn't going to get home to the next day. And, you know, those days are important when you're traveling. Like me being able to get up, take my children to school, you know, start my day off with my family. That's extremely important to me. And I knew, man, if I miss this flight, like my wife is not going to be too happy. My kids are going to be looking for me. Like it just won't be a good exchange when I get home because she'll be like, hey, you did what you were supposed to do. You didn't have to do that. You know, but me being the guy that I am. And so they brought in some kids, you know, from the city that, you know, they loved me. It was this little group home type deal. Man, these kids really want to see you, Inc. And so they say, hey, they got these kids here. Would you talk to them? And I was like, well, I got to catch my flight. You know, can I just talk to them for like five or ten minutes? And I went over. I spoke to them for like five or ten minutes. And one of the guys there, one of the leaders in the company was like, you know, man, I greatly appreciate what you did there. He was like, come with me. I, I'm going to get you home. And I was like, all right, I hear you, but... How are you going to get me home? He's like, I'm going to put you on my jet, and I'm going to get you home. Like, you don't have to go to the airport. He's like, I appreciate what you did for those kids. And when you think about it sometimes, just being generous and doing the right thing, like we talk about, it leads to a bigger reward that you're not even looking for. It's like a hidden blessing when you're doing the right thing and you're operating within the right spirit. But you do get that reaction sometimes, like, hey, man, what what do you want from this? (laughs) You know, and so... Not enough of us are doing kind things, I guess, in the world. You know, the other thing I was thinking about, as you go through life when you're young, you know, you're thinking about yourself and you're just focused on yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're at the beginning of the trail. You're still trying to learn how the world works and things that are sort of simple to you and me. There was a time when I didn't know it and somebody was teaching me and I was like, wow, that's the most profound thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at that stage of life where I'm, I'm able to share and give back. But one of the things that's also important, my father used to talk about this, is that strong people do more than what they can. Mm. They do for others. When I look at the people around me and we're in a certain situation, I'm going to do for you because I can. Mm. Not because I have to, not because I'm obligated to, but you're struggling and Mm. I can do this for you, so I'm going to do it for you because God has given me the ability to do it. Absolutely. And whether that's take on things emotionally, uh, physical labor, whatever it is, just you see people around you, I'm going to do more because I can. And you shouldn't look at that like a burden. That's a gift that you're able to do that. And, you know, that's what leads into mentorship. So I have this... 
this young guy, Michael. He's uh, he's from Slovakia. I haven't spoken to him about this, but I know he wouldn't mind me sharing this story. But he, uh, when I was setting up my practice early on, I I had a medical student who was from another country, and he said, you know. Uh, medical students and doctors and people from around the world would love to come and spend time and see your operation. Uh, mm-hmm. They would like that. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of a cool thing. And he, he kind of helped me set up a website. And so I started getting these doctors and students and, and people along the, the trail of medicine in foreign countries that would come and spend time with me. And Michael was a kid from Slovakia. He came over. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is I felt I was doing something for these people, and I I can share some stories, but what I got in return was just gold. I mean, just Mm. people's experiences from around the world, from Cuba, Slovakia, and, you know, uh, Egypt, and other places, just different perspectives to help me grow, help me along my journey. And anyway, this kid Michael came in, and I always say he reminded me of me. He was Mm. he was so passionate about being an orthopedic surgeon. I mean, he was living it. He wanted to know everything. I'd finish the day and it'd be late at night. Everybody's gone home, but not him. And he'd be there asking me questions and reading and learning. And I thought to myself, man, you remind me of me. Mm. And I just, I love this kid like my son. And, you know, for years he'd come, he'd go do his thing, go Mm. through medical school. He's, He's just about to start his residency. And he's been with us for years. I gave him a job. You know, he had time. He needed money. And he's a great kid in every way, just a a good soul. And we got to talking about, you're going to go through residence. You come back, and I'm going to give you my empire someday. Mm. Well, he went home. And uh, he lost his mother recently, which is just in and of itself, the way he conducted himself and handled himself, stopped what he was doing, went home, took care of his family, took care of his mother and spent time. She died of cancer. And I guess his father's not doing well. So he went back to Slovakia and he was supposed to go into the match. And he was he was going to match in residency in orthopedics in the United States, go through his five years of residency, do a year fellowship. And then he was going to come back and work at Barber Orthopedics. We've been talking about it for years. And he called me up in tears, and he said, listen, I came home to Slovakia to visit. My father's not doing well, and um, I think I'm going to stay here in Slovakia. And he he also brought up, like, coming back to Slovakia reminded me that I have some Slovakian roots, and Mm. I've decided I want to live here and all this. And and he was in tears, and he's like, I just don't know how to tell this to you, that I'm letting you down, and I've ruined everything, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, man, what are you talking about? Mm. You're not living your life for me. You're living your life for you. I go, the things that that we did together are not wasted time. Those Mm. experiences meant something to you, and they certainly meant something to me. And you don't owe me anything, Mm. you know? And I can't tell you what your next step is, and I'm not even going to try to. Your relationship with your family, your country, and all that kind of, that's your call. I can tell you what I think, and I can also tell you this. You're not going to make a wrong decision. You're just going to make a decision, and you're going to have a great life going down that road. And that's kind of the thing is, you know, when you're young, you kind of play – Baseball and football and this and that you kind of you're always able to do everything that you want to do, but eventually you get to that spot in life where you just got to pick a road. You yeah, know, man. I got to go here, I got to go there, and when you pick that road, that means other things mm-hmm. are not going to happen. And there's nothing wrong with that, okay. but it's just you pick that road using the information that you have available at that time, and mm-hmm. you just go that road, and then 
I, I, you know, people say don't look back and all that stuff. I always reflect because yeah. I've learned Good. so many things from decisions I made. I wish I'd have done that better. I wish I'd have done this better. Wow, that decision that I thought was the worst thing in the world ended up being the best thing mm-hmm. in the world. And, you know, I spend time thinking about, man, I wonder if I'd have done this or that. And there's just different roads that you take. And then you show up on the other side, and it's just kind of learning to embrace that. I remember when I was in high school at uh, – I had a real close friend, Jim Berenberg, and uh, he was going to Dartmouth. I was going to UCLA. And, you know, you're graduating high school. Man, we're going to be friends forever. And he's like, no, we won't. And I was like, don't say that. And he's like, well, you're going to go live your life. I know. He goes, we'll probably never even talk again. I was like, stop saying that. And, you know, it's funny. I look back on it like he was he had such wisdom back at that time because, you know, thanks to Facebook and stuff like that, I have hooked up with him from time to time. But he was right. And he was like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you're going down your journey. I'm going down my journey. And actually, one of the things that has really affected me in a negative way was you're going through a period of time that's amazing and beautiful and and full of fun and everything and you want to hang on to that and you're trying to bring elements of that with you forward Mm -hmm. and those elements that you bring forward don't work for what your Mm -hmm. next part of your journey is and kind of learning to just go through enjoy it Mm -hmm. and then when you go on to the next thing a part of it is don't look back embrace the next thing but you know you should take time to look back and sort of learn from your mistakes oh man that that's hilarious and that's so funny because it's so true, but I think it creates a certain level of gratitude. I'll never forget, I was in a Bible study once, me and my friends, and as we're sitting in the room, we start discussing this concept of uh, forgive and forget, right? You got to forgive and forget. That's what the, the Bible teacher is telling us, forgive and forget. And so we're sitting in there, we're young, and so I raised my hand, and I was like, I can forgive, but it's hard to forget. <laughs> And she was like, no, you have to forgive and forget. So I was like, all right, I'm going to let it ride. So my cousin raises his hand. He's like, nah, you can't forget. And so she's like, you have to forgive and forget. And we were talking about how when you think about certain experiences and certain moments and frames in your life, you appreciate them. You learn from them, right? Even if you forgive something, you still think about it a certain way, right? And I think about what you're speaking about in certain places in our life, in certain spaces, you want to hold on to things because you appreciate things. And I always say to people, even when things go wrong, the ability to learn is a gift, even when pain is your teacher. And so we have great moments that we appreciate. We have painful moments that we appreciate. And that's the whole basis of serendipity, right? When you look at life's journey. But even when I think about my life and my arm, people always wonder like, man, how do you appreciate that? Right. Because when people look at it, they're associated with pain. Right. They see the atrophy. They see how small my right arm is because of the paralysis. And so it's hard for people to form a perspective to think, man, how can you appreciate something like that? Dream deferred. But when I think about it, I think about my mother and my father started speaking again because of my arm. I think about my friends going in my closet, tying on my shoes. Right. I think about the perspective that they had, the appreciation that it gave them for the game. I watch guys around me that came into college and when a coach or teacher would ask them, hey, what's your plan? They would say, put me in basket weaving. I'm going to the NFL. Right. That was their answer to when my injury happened. Now I watch these same guys cry because they felt as if, man, I didn't appreciate it the way I should have. Now moving forward, I'm going to have a different level of appreciation for everything I do. And so I think, like it says in the Bible, there's a time and a season 
to every phase and place in our life under the heavens. And I think as we navigate and as we move throughout life, I think the key more than anything is having a level of gratitude for all of it because all of it plays to our betterment and our development. So I it's it, I love what you just said there, and it's funny to me because I, I keep talking about I go to watch Serendipity. I go to Inky Johnson Motivate on Instagram every day. Because it's part of my process. It's mm-hmm. part of what I do to get myself ready for my journey. And I was listening to Lavelle Moton mm-hmm. that you had on Serendipity. And I, I, it's funny because you've had so many great people on your show. But he really spoke to me. This, this, Absolutely. And it, he's on there. Lavelle Moton, he's the head, head basketball coach at NCCU. you got to go in there and watch it. But he talks about uh, it's not – it's not about what you see in life. It's about how you see it. Yeah. And what you see is what you get. And I was like, man, talk about summing up our life's journey yeah, in one one statement. That was it. And that's kind of like what you're talking about right there is, you know, my father used to say it in another way. He goes, you can't spend any time crying about the hand you wish you had. you mm. got to play the hand that you do have. And it's a similar type thing, but th- it's so good. true. Most people would look at what happened to you as, oh, you can't come back from that. Mm-hmm. That's just too much, yeah. you know. And not only did you come back from that, but it's like I, I look at you and I think God made you for this. Mm-hmm. This was part of his plan. And, I mean, you're having, I would say, one of the most fulfilling lives lives anybody could imagine, mm-hmm. your opportunity to be generous. And that really is when I think about what is it that gives me the most pleasure in life, the most satisfaction, that, that makes me content. It's the opportunity to be generous in other people's lives and see their dreams come true for them or see their opportunities come through for them. And, and the, you know, I wasn't always in a position to be generous like I am today. Absolutely. But I was always able to be generous with my time, mm. with my, my counsel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your counsel is relative. You know, you, you have a guy, Eric Berry, young DB at Tennessee. You weren't much older than him, but yep. he still looked up to you. And th- part of what you do when you're young is you be generous in the areas that you can. Absolutely. That generosity leads to success. It leads to habits. Mm-hmm. And then you have success that comes on. And the more success you get, the more generous you have. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about Eric Berry a little bit. I love man, this story. He's, um, he's incredible, man. You know, I think the world knows him as this athlete that's incredible, talented, you know, skill set out of this world. But, you know, I always tell people, if you want to know Eric Berry, just go study his journey with cancer. Right. When he hit cancer, how he handled it, but more importantly, how he came through it. Right. And I'll never forget him saying something to me. You know, we were talking one day, you know, he was going through chemo. And I'll never forget, man, we were in church. You know, and I watched him, you know, run to the restroom. I was like, man, that was weird. And I went, and he was like, hey, can you tell somebody to bring me a hat? It's like my hair is coming out. Like when I was scratching, it was coming out. And I think it just freaked him out because it just happened in the moment. And so I'm there with him as he's going through this process. I'm also watching him train as he's going through chemo. And the cancer he had was lymphoma. And the way they found that he made a tackle in the game, felt as if something was in his chest. They go to run tests. You know, they find cancer in his chest. And, you know, he has to go through chemo. And so when he gets through it, I'll never forget him saying this to me. And I think we all have this realization as people at one point or another. He said, and you know, when I got to the NFL, so many people were coming at me. 
right? So many people come for something, whether it be, hey, this person needs this. I want to give this person this. You know, this person is dealing with this. This person is hurting. And he said, you kind of think like, ah, it's not that bad for them, right? They might not be going through it like that. He was like, because I was a high-level athlete and how I process things. I was looking at people through my lens, thinking, all right, if I can get through it, they should be able to get through it. I wasn't aware that life could just happen to people, right? I wasn't aware that you could be doing something, you could be on top of the world, you could wake up tomorrow, and the world is on top of you. And he said, when I went through this cancer bout, it gave me perspective, it gave me a level of empathy, it gave me a level of compassion for other people that I didn't have prior to that cancer. He said, so I came through it, I felt like as a better athlete, but he was like, I know I came through it as a better man. And he was incredible, man, all pro. Every year he's in Kansas City, they went to the playoffs, like just incredible. Highest paid safety, NFL history twice. But he said it wasn't until he went through cancer that it changed his perspective and he knew he was a better man because of how it made him look at life and how it made him look at other people. Yeah, and uh, so when he got drafted out of Tennessee, he was fifth uh, pick mm-hmm. in the first round, Absolutely. which is the highest pick yeah. of any DB up to that time. Absolutely. And uh, what was the first phone call he made? Yeah, me. Yeah, it, me. How did that yeah. make you feel? Oh, man, it, it was shocking, you know, because he was just trying to tell me that he's going to wear my number to honor me. And it's that thing, what you just talked about earlier, man, generosity. All the help that I gave to him. It was just me being like a brother. I just saw one of my younger teammates that I was just trying to assist and help. But to him, like you said, when we're young and people are giving us advice, to the person that's giving it, it's just like them doing what they do. But to the young person, it's like, oh, man, this is so special. And to him, all the time I spent with him, it was special to him. And so when he got drafted and he went to the NFL, he's like, man, I'm going to wear Inc.'s number to honor him. And I'm going to take that spirit on the field with me every day when I play. And so that meant the world to me. Yeah, yeah we were talking about that before the show that uh, with my kids now, I'm always thinking, you know, yeah. i got to give them that pearl of wisdom <laughs> that's going to stay with them for the rest of their lives and help them make all the tough decisions. And I think about the things that my father did for me and, and, and the way he taught me and, and other people, other mentors that I had in my life. And I've often thought what was monumental for me, they probably didn't even though you know it was an offhanded comment if you ever seen that movie uh talladega nights with ricky bobby's dad you know you're the first or your last and he's like dad i lived my whole life on that he (laughs) goes heck ricky i was probably high when i said that (laughs) it makes me laugh because that's so true you know my father makes a comment and i'm just like man that just changed my world and he probably doesn't even know he said it and so that's why when i'm with my kids I never know when they're really listening to what I say, so I'm always trying to say something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll think to myself, like, man, I, that didn't come out right, or mm-hmm. I don't think I said that in a way they could understand. And the thing is, I tell myself, just keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Something will catch. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember we, we had talked about this earlier when I was a when I was young soccer player, and I'd score 10 goals a game. And then as we started going through puberty and – God made other people fast and strong and quick and not me. And my dominance was just getting much less. And I was disappointed about it because I felt like I'm out there practicing hours and hours every day. I always knew about putting in the work. But I wasn't getting the reward the way I saw it. My father came in. He noticed that I was down. He's like, hey, man, what's going on? And I was like, you know, Dad, it's not fair. I'm out there working all the time, and other people don't put the effort in, and and I don't feel like I'm getting the reward that I deserve, and I'm not – 
you know, achieving like I felt like I used to achieve. Yeah. I had no perspective that, hey, listen, when you're a little kid, that's, <laughs> you know, it's a different thing. And, yeah. you know, people start going through puberty and size, yeah. speed, strength differences is make, you know, nobody scores 10 goals a game when you get to the, <laughs> right. to a certain level, you know. And um, my father basically said, hey, listen, I know it doesn't seem like it. But if you keep your head down and you keep your keep working, good things always come to people who work hard. And he probably does not remember that conversation, but that sustained me even now. Wow. My whole life and all the things that I ever gone through, I would just sit there and relive that experience, which wow. is a lot about what, what I'm doing now is, you know, dealing with Block and you and others and things like that. I realize the the single greatest gift I ever got in this life was my father mm. to be able to pick me up when I was down to give me confidence That's when incredible. I didn't have any to to be there for me yeah. and to tell me don't quit mm-hmm. and then I'd fail don't quit yeah. you know and I think about all those kids out there that don't have that. Yeah. But you know what? We can be that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's what we're trying to do here with your show, my show. we got other things coming. And that's really the goal here is we're just trying to provide a place where people can go and just get that motivation that we all need. Absolutely. You know what I mean? For me, I'm blessed that I have it in my memory banks. Mm-hmm. When I'm going through something, uh, I can just reflect and remember uh, but not everybody has that. But the thing is, the experiences are the same. The mm. people are different. Our experiences are different. Yeah. But the things that make us happy and successful in life are the same. Mm. And it's been happening since the beginning of time. Adam Smith, mm. you know, in the in the 18th century, writing that that uh, there's not a lot of difference in people between their physical abilities or their mental abilities, but it's their habits that make them different. I mean, people have been thinking about that. And that's one of the other things I've learned is, you know, there's nothing that anybody says or does that's really new. You know, people think about Abraham Lincoln, you know, in his speeches or Martin Luther King in his Mm -hmm. speeches are, wow, these people are just the smartest, most erudite thinkers ever when really what they did was they took the Bible and they just put it in their own words. And it's the information is the same. It's just the delivery that changes a little bit. And I remember I did not... um, I didn't come to to my faith really until medical school, mm. uh, and I had some mentors above me when I was coming out of college. Like, ah, you know, religion is is for weak minded people, <laughs> and you know, it, it's it's used to to manipulate. <laughs> and you know, I had all that in it's my head, and yeah. and then I had older people tell me, like, listen, you know, that's one view of it, but but. A lot of people derive strength from it, and sometimes people are given that information, you know, the unsolvable problem. You know, there are times when faith is all that they have, and faith helps them to be to be able to get through tough times and then I've seen people use it I've seen faith be important in people's lives and it took me time to realize like okay let me look into this and I started reading the Bible and I was like man there's a lot of good stuff in here like all this stuff that we learn about being successful in life it's all in there but it it helps to have somebody else take it digest it and deliver it in another way but the fundamental principles are always there Inky, man, I, you and I could do this forever. Uh, please come back on the show again uh, when you got some time. Um, just in the last minute here, can you just uh, tell everybody again where they can see you about serendipity and some of the other things you're doing? Yeah, first off, uh, I just want to thank you, man, for your platform. Thank you for your spirit. Uh, just thank you for who you are, man. I greatly appreciate it. I enjoy it every time. And like you said, just creating an ecosystem of inspiration, of encouragement, of motivation, mentorship of generosity just trying to put some good out into the world but uh just the serendipity with inky johnson podcast 
It's on all podcast platforms. Um, also, YouTube, we sent it out there. You know, yours truly, Dr. Barber, will be coming up here soon. You know, you get to see his amazing episode, sharing wisdom. But, you know, it's an honor to be on, and thank you so much. Thanks, Inky. Absolutely. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time on The Doctor's Lounge. You're listening to Dr. Scott Barber on America's Web Radio, and we're going out with Inky Johnson. Have a great week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.